So Luke's gospel, we started it um, last week and we uh, got through about verse 24. We're just going to look at a few more verses. Last week we learned about uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. They're probably the most underrated uh, characters in the Christmas story. But yet their role is just so vitally important because, because the angel Gabriel comes to them and, and gives Zacharias the word that they're going to have a son. And this was miraculous because this was, they were past the age where they, they should be able to have children. And they had prayed for a child and they had this grief and heartache because they couldn't have a child. Some of you can relate to that. You desperately want to have children and, and can't. And, and, and you, know, you know what that heartache is like. Well, Elizabeth and Zacharias had that pain and that heartache. And Gabriel miraculously appears now to Zacharias and says, you're going to give birth to a son. And he's predicting that they're going to give birth to John the Baptist, who is going to go. He's going to be the one to prepare the hearts of people for the coming Messiah, Jesus. Well, in, in Luke chapter 1, we also see now as we pick it up in verse uh, 24, the angel Gabriel is going to appear now again. He's going to appear not to an elderly woman. But to a very young woman, a woman whose name is Mary. Now, Mary, we're familiar with that name in the Christmas story. And the angel's going to appear to Mary and tell her she also is going to have a child. And this is even more miraculous because Mary, who is engaged or committed to Joseph, yet they haven't come together sexually. And so the angel says, you're going to have a baby. Well, this is troubling to Mary. It's actually very troubling to Joseph, too, when we look in the account, in Matthew's account of it. He's confused. He's hurt. He thinks, man, I've, I've been betrayed by Mary. And what do I do? And you, you see just this, this confusion around these events. Well, in Luke chapter number 1, verse 26, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And so... Again, this is important to point out. We talked about this in great depth last week. But when, you, when you're reading this account, you, you hear these names and you hear specific places. Like the Gospels are written in this way that, that give it this historical credibility because there's actually things you can fact check and, and verify. And Luke, who, who wrote this, he actually said he interviewed eyewitnesses. He gathered documents and he said, so we can know these things for certain. So he's, this is a, a, a physician. He's a, a, a brilliant, educated man and he's done his research. He's compiled documents. He's interviewed eyewitnesses. And, and by the way, today there's this attack on the authorship of the Gospels. It's actually not a new attack. It's just repackaged and it keeps coming out. But yet all the historical evidence gives us really a great indication that the actual authors that says, you know, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that they were the actual authors because you have people like the church fathers that in, in, in other historical documents that, that will, will quote them and will, will, will give indication that that's accepted, that they believe that they were the actual authors. So when people say, well, we can't possibly know who actually wrote these, well, they can make that claim, but it's actually not a historical claim. It's not a claim that has substance behind it. So we, have, we can have assurance that like the, the documents we have are, are reliable. Well, Luke's saying he's gathering 
documents. He's interviewing eyewitnesses. And now he's giving these accounts of, of this story, of the events leading up to the birth of Christ. So Gabriel appears to Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now Gabriel's appearing to Mary. So he goes to Nazareth and says to the virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying. And cast her mind in what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said to her, Fear not, Mary. Fear not, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she also hath conceived a son in her old age. This is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for with God nothing shall be impossible. So here are the angels coming to Mary, and we, look, we, we know this as the miraculous, the virgin birth of Christ. And say, well, how is that possible? Well, it's a miracle, right? Like, that, that's, that's, that's the claim we're making. We believe that God who created this universe out of nothing, that it, for certain times, for certain purposes, that he will act in a miraculous way. And we see that here. Say, Mary, you're going to give birth to Jesus. He is going to be the Savior. His kingdom, there will be no end. And what we see is some similarities, I think, between this announcement from Gabriel to Mary and the announcement we looked at, we studied last week when he appeared to Zacharias. And he told Zacharias and Elizabeth, they're going to have a child. Now, it's different because Elizabeth and Zacharias were, were old. It was miraculous that they were old enough where, humanly speaking, they couldn't have a child. Well, Mary is a young virgin, and this is also miraculous. But what we find for both of them is this. That this absolutely disrupted all of their plans. See, Mary and Joseph were from Nazareth. This was a small town. Like, probably they, they thought they were going to live their life in just obscurity. A small town, you know, we know each other here, and, and, and that's about it. And, and, and we, we think that about Nazareth because you can even visit it to this day, and you see there's one well that, that would have sustained the entire town, meaning it couldn't have been very big. There couldn't have been a lot of people. So you have Mary and Joseph probably thinking they're going to just live a relatively, you know, obscure life. Of insignificant in the sense of on the grand scale of people knowing them or hearing about them. But yet what we find is that God's plan was way different. They were going, that Mary was going to give birth to Jesus, the Messiah. The one that was predicted and promised hundreds and hundreds, in some cases thousands of years prior. She was going to give birth. 
to a son. But what we found, and in fact, in next week, we'll expound upon this a lot more with Zacharias, Elizabeth, and Mary of their, their prayer of rejoicing and praise to God. Even though they had news that, actually, that absolutely shook them. Because God's plan for them looked way different than what theirs was. And that's where I think we can relate so well. Oh, not in the sense that an angel is going to appear to you and, and give you news about a, a birth of a child. But we can relate so well because these were just ordinary people. But yet God had a specific plan and purpose for them that was anything but ordinary. It was a beautiful, beautiful plan that God had. But what they had to do was surrender their plans and trust that God had a better plan. And so if you're here and maybe in life right now or maybe recently in your life, there's been a time where you've looked at what you thought you knew about God, what you thought you knew about God's word, and you looked at the reality around you and you felt like, well, these aren't matching up because God is all loving and God is all powerful. But yet what I look around and see, it seems like there's a contradiction. It seems like it can't be both. The reality is this, that many times when we, myself included, we have those doubts and we have those questions, it shows really a, 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 a very lack of, of understanding and really a very immature view of theology, of who God is. Because yes, God is all loving and all powerful, but he's also more than that. He's also all holy and he's also all knowing. And he knows what will happen. And he is in control of what's going to happen. And so sometimes God can allow things that we would not have chosen. Sometimes things that people mean for evil against us. Sometimes our own foolish mistakes. Sometimes it's things just way beyond our control in the sense of like, we had no idea this was coming, but yet what we can see is that, look, God, just like in the past today, he has a purpose and a plan for all of it. And here's where we find ourselves, especially right now in 2021. It seems like it's almost on a weekly basis. We hear and we see it's called the deconstruction testimonies of people. Where people that, that claim they were once believers and once knew the Lord and loved the Lord and followed the Lord, well, now they no longer believe. And sometimes they're very vocal about that. And you see the, you see the videos on YouTube and TikTok where now they're like mocking Christianity and they, they come out claiming, well, I, it, just, it was a deconstruction process. And, and many times, and again, I say, I say this humbly, I say this loving, those testimonies are very emotional and they're very powerful. But there's really not a lot of substance behind it, meaning this, that when you really hear those stories, what you find is that not all, but the majority of those people, they had in their mind this picture of God. They had in their mind this picture of a God they created that never lets bad things happen to people and that exists to give them everything that they thought life should be. But here's the reality of God and God's word is that. Many times in life, 
God's plan looks way different than our plan. And it seems like sometimes it's chaos. It's confusing and it's hurt and it's pain. And, and again, I say this humbly and sympathetically because, look, for, for, for some of you, like we just, we just met today. Like I don't know some of you well, but for the majority of those in here, the majority of those that were here at 930 for, for our first service, like we know each other. And you know that like, yeah, I get up here and I preach and teach on Sundays, but, but it's far more than that. Like we know each other. We do life together. We know about each other's pain and hurt and suffering. And we were there for each other on the highs of life and the lows of life. We experience those things together, the good times and also the difficult times. And so that being said, like we're not presenting that like, oh, like, that following Christ and Christianity is just this easy bed of roses. No, there's times life can be anything but that. And a lot of times in life, when those times come, it brings a lot of confusion. So I, I used this, this illustration a couple years ago, but I think it's fitting for not only what we're talking about today, but for what I know many of you are, are even going through in this very moment. So my friend, uh, Ron White, he was actually in the 930 service. He built and gave me this beautiful ship a couple years ago. He was moving away, didn't have room for it. God brought him back, but I told him I'm still keeping the ship, uh, whether he has room for it now or not. But he gave me this beautiful ship. I keep this in my office, and I love this because every time I look at it, it just it, it is just amazing because I know like this so much work went into the ship. And I asked him, I said, Well, how long of a how long of a process is this? Like, how long does this take to build? This you don't, this isn't just an overnight project. This takes months and months and months of work. In fact, he sent me a picture, check this out, of what this looks like before it's put together. And you know, when, when he sent me that, you know, I got to thinking like, man, like, wow, where do you even start with that? You know, besides reading the instructions, that would be a good place to start. But, but even then it's like, man, this is confusing. This is chaos. How in the world can that turn into this? And you know what? I think a lot of times in life, and maybe you find yourself there right now, that in life, that's what it looks like. You're like you think, how can, how can any of these things that I'm going through have a purpose and have meaning? How can the pain, how can the betrayal, how can the things that people have maliciously done to me or said about me, how can things, even like on a grander scale of, of these natural disasters, what many of us woke up to yesterday morning to see the devastation of these tornadoes that ripped through, ripped through cities and towns, and many are, are, are killed by this. And we see, yes, on a grand scale nationally, then we see and we feel the personal hurt when it comes to loss of loved ones. I would dare say every one of us in this room have experienced great pain with losing a loved one. Maybe you've lost a child. Maybe you've lost a parent that in your estimation was way too soon. Maybe you just got diagnosed yourself with bad news. You've heard the word cancer for you or for someone that you love. Maybe right now in life, it's just really, really confusing because you thought that life would look different. Maybe you raised your kids to love and follow God and now they're not following God. 
And maybe they're making really poor choices in life. Or maybe it's a friend, someone close to you that you really love and care about. And you feel helpless. You feel helpless because you see a destructive path they're going on. Maybe you yourself have found that because of your own mistakes and your own sin, you found yourself in just a mess and it feels like life is like that. But what we can rest assured in today is this truth, that God, who created us, who loves us, who knows all things, who's in control of all things, who rules and reigns, has a purpose in all of that. I'm not saying that God makes people sin or that wants people to sin. I'm simply saying that sometimes God will lift that restraining hand and even let people do evil, hurtful things. But yet God can take even what people mean for evil against us and make something beautiful out of it. God can take horrendous things that we look at in this world and see and think, God, what could you possibly be doing? But yet God is making something beautiful and here's where it becomes personal, that God has a plan and purpose for your life and my life, even in spite of the things that have been done to you, in spite of our own foolish choices, that God has a purpose and a plan, and God, he who began the work in us, will be faithful to complete that work. That God is using those things. That God has used every situation in your life up to right now. And is using what you're going through, what I'm going through now, for something beautiful. For his purpose. And ultimately, not for our glory, but for his. And many times what we see, it's not only for God's glory, but it's for our own good. That we see that God has allowed some of these things to happen. And maybe that's where you are right now. You're looking at what you know about God or maybe what you thought you knew about God and looking at the reality around you. And it doesn't seem like it fits. And you know what? What I'm proposing is, is this, that we see this. We saw this with Zacharias and Elizabeth last week, this great heartache, this great pain. But yet God had a purpose in all of that, that God's timing was far better. God's timing was perfect. And we see here with Mary and Joseph, even though, yes, they're gonna, Mary's going to offer up this song of praise and rejoicing to God. We're going to look at that next week. However, for Mary and Joseph, the same thing. This wasn't what they had envisioned. This wasn't what they had planned. But God had a much grander plan. And you know what? God cares about what you're going through. And God's in control of your life right now. And God wants to use those things even the bad things, the difficult things that have happened to you and use it for something beautiful. And really the question is this for us today. Are we going to trust that God's plan and God's timing is better? Or are we going to insist on, on building our own plan? I had somebody after the 930 service. I love how they put this. They said for years and years and years, I was trying to build a plane with all those pieces and God was trying to build, or God is building something different. And he said, man, it was frustrating because I had this plan. I wanted to do it this way and build this, and yet God's plan was different. And maybe you find yourself that same frustration today. But know this, that God cares, and God loves you, and God has a beautiful plan for your life. That doesn't mean it's easy, and that doesn't mean it's painless. But God has a purpose in it, is what I'm saying.
And God has a purpose for each and every one of you. Maybe you find yourself today, you're one of those people that I mentioned of, of you're going through that, that, that deconstruction process. One time you said, man, I believe and I'm a follower of Christ. And you find yourself now wondering, is any of that even true because of the things that you've gone through? Maybe someone who was supposed to be an example and, and a follower of Christ. Maybe a pastor or a parent or someone in your life that you looked up to. They disappointed you greatly. And maybe that started that whole process of, is any of this even true? And maybe what you're facing right now with pain and heartache and suffering, you're wondering, is any of this even real? And I tell you this, that there's no accident. It's not an accident that you're even in this building today. And that those questions that you have, there's good, there's adequate answers for those things. I'm not saying they're always easy. Maybe that's part of the problem for some. You've had difficult questions. You've had adult questions that you've gotten kindergarten answers to. And that's caused you to doubt. It's caused you to wonder, is any of this even true? But rest assured. There are answers for all of those things. And that God, who is in control of all things, can take the brokenness, the pain, the messiness, the hurt, the disappointment, all of those things, and make it into something beautiful. Yes, this was a miraculous account of how, how God, the second member of the Trinity, how, how Jesus, who's, who's God, who's going to come and, and be the savior of the world. Yes, it's miraculous. And it's a one-time miraculous event. But yet, the, the principle is the same. That God cares very much like he did with, with Mary and Joseph and Zacharias and Elizabeth. He cares about each and every one of us. And he has a purpose and a plan in all of those things. If you don't know the Lord, if you've never personally trusted him as your savior, maybe you have questions about that. You want to talk with Talk with someone about that more. Please don't leave today without at least setting up a time to talk with myself or talk with maybe somebody else here that you know who's a believer. If, you hear, if you're here and you are a believer, rest assured in this time. And maybe this Christmas time is a time of grief. It brings back memories of people that you wish were with you that aren't. Maybe it brings back memories of of maybe traumatic times in your life, of people hurting you, of people, maybe they haven't, haven't physically died, but, but it's worse because they're still alive, but they never talk to you. They never reach out to you anymore. Whatever that pain and suffering, look, I'm not making light of that. Those things can be so heavy. Those things can be so painful. But yet rest assured that God is in control of all things and that God has a purpose in all of it. What looks to us like chaos, God is making something beautiful out of it.